Hello, and welcome to another episode of State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Rapay. He's Chris Danziel. Chris, I hit the right button this time. Last time I was a little too excited that we were getting off the DL. I hit the air horn button by accident, but this time I got the theme song going first. It's all right, Eugene. It got me extra hype the other day because it was, it was kind of a sad day due to the Butler loss, but it, it actually brightened my day a bit. I, I was happy you did that. Yeah, you know, it, it's been a while since since we got to hit that button and hear that air horn, and you, you can never get enough air horn. No, not enough. So how was your weekend? We had a pretty big weekend. Yeah, it was a jam-packed weekend across the Villanova sports world, but personally, it was it was a good weekend for myself. Saturday, I actually went down to the Villanova area again. My friend from Marquette had never seen Villanova's campus, never saw the area, never saw the main line. So we kind of made an impromptu trip down to Radnor, Philadelphia, all that stuff. And I took him to Kelly's. We watched the game there. We watched the senior night game there. And then I showed him around campus and whatever, took him around the rest of the main line, showed him what our my college experience was like. And it was, it was a good day. How, how about yourself? It was pretty good. Man, I don't know why I can't really remember what I did. I didn't really do much. Uh, it was pretty low-key. I mean, I was still kind of recovering from a little pneumonia. So it was kind of low-key. Didn't go too crazy. But I uh, did some hanging out, got to cast some games. Overall, all in all, it was pretty good. It was pretty relaxing. Didn't work too much. So it was a nice. That's good. I'm glad I'm glad you're feeling better, though. You, you sound even better from last time. Oh, yeah. I feel better. I feel a lot better. I'm feeling better, I guess. That's but, good. Yeah, we had a pretty nice weekend filled with a lot of Villanova goodies. Mm-hmm. I guess we should we should start it off with Saturday. I mean, you were there. You saw the game from Kelly's. From Kelly's, yeah. First of all, how was Kelly's, by the way? I mean, how, is it still the same? It's, it's still great? It's still the same. I mean, obviously, I didn't get to experience the nighttime version of Kelly's, but it's a nice time. I actually ate there, and that was the first time I've eaten at Kelly's since Acceptance Students Day in April 2012. I wasn't even a Villanova student yet, and that's how long it's been I actually, since I actually ate there. I found that pretty funny, too. It's pretty good. <laughs> I like the food there. The one time I had it. The one yeah. time. Yeah, it, it, they got good food over there. They know what they're doing. And it was a, it was a pretty... I wouldn't say it was packed, but there was a good crowd there. And obviously everyone was intent on watching the game. So it was it was a nice atmosphere. That's good. That's good. The weather was pretty good temperature-wise. You know, Friday was oh, gorgeous, was but then beautiful. Saturday got a little rainy. Saturday afternoon was beautiful. It was like 70 degrees or so. And then, yeah, the rain came down. That was, that was a problem. So Saturday was senior night. We were talking about this off air. We can remember when it was our senior night. Villanova playing Butler at home. Mm-hmm. Brian Archie Diacono, Daniel Chefu, Henry Lowe, Pat Farrell, Kevin Rafferty. But now we are one full senior night removed. As Saturday, they paid homage to Dale Reynolds, Chris Jenkins, and Josh Hart. Emotions surely running high. The pavilion was rocking. Man, let's talk about this game for a little bit. There was no Mo Watson Jr. Mm-hmm. We get to him a little bit. No Mo Watson Jr., but for the first half, the Blue Jays were hanging in there. Yeah, I was getting concerned that this was going to turn out like the Butler game again. Kind of built a little bit of a lead, and you kind of felt that you know you had this game in hand from the start, and then you look you look down for two seconds, and then it's it it's tied. And you can thank Creighton's three point shooting for that. They uh, were on fire early on, at least. They finished the game eleven to twenty seven, good enough for forty percent from deep, which is all right. That's pretty good. But it was Marcus Foster leading the way the whole time. He 
just caught fire and he was open up. He was open in the corners the entire time. I was pretty upset at how bad our weak side defense was yet again. They actually, the Fox sports, or I guess, yeah, Fox showed an angle of the uh, tying three to end the half. And it was off. Someone from Creighton was doing a dribble drive and then dished to the foster in the corner. And I'm like, Oh my God, everyone was looking at the ball handler. No one was looking at playing their assigned defense. And it was Dante who was actually just caught in the middle of the paint, just absolutely not guarding anyone. And it just looked, it was like a real bad look there, but you know, say what you will about that first half with all the three pointers given up. We woke, we woke up in the second half and it wasn't so much on the offensive end. It was on the defensive end. Absolutely locked down Creighton. You gave up only 30 points in the second half and a lot of them were in garbage time as well. It's something we, we've been harping on all year, how good, great of a defensive team this is. But lately you kind of got the feeling they've been falling along the wayside of that and they've been focusing more on outscoring teams than actually trying to shut them down. But this game, that turned it all around. Yeah, it was a pretty nice second half turnaround. I, I do agree. They were losing Foster a lot in the first half. And overall, they were just letting Creighton shoot the lights out from deep. 7-14 in the first half, 50%. Ideally, your benchmark is to hold the team from deep under 30 Anytime you go 40, not so good. But 50 or higher, that's just inexcusable. And Jay Wright wasn't too happy with the first half effort. Said the start wasn't very pretty, which you saw the results right there. They kind of gave up that run at the end to let Creighton tie it up. Mm-hmm. Second half, completely different story. Villanova's team locked in on defense. But offensively, man, Eric Pascal. Yeah, your boy. He woke up. He's he been, this is probably his best game as a Wildcat this season. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's had a better game, but he finished with a game high. Or team hired, 19 points, 8 of 12 on the floor, 6 rebounds, didn't really foul too much. He, he was able to stay yeah. on there. It was pretty good to see. Yeah, I, I think like, you bring up a good point with the fouls. I think he was able to get in a rhythm because of it. It feels like every game, especially ever since the injuries started to pile up, and he's just been in foul trouble the entire time and just hasn't been able to stay on the floor consistently to actually put together a good run. And I feel like that because of you know, actually staying out of foul trouble helped him big time. I mean, he did take three threes and missed all of them, and some of them were pretty ugly. But inside, he was a beast. He he absolutely destroyed Justin Patton. Absolutely destroyed him. He was a non-factor. I mean, mainly because of just Villanova's great defense, and he played great defense as well. But offensively, he was just insane, and he was getting pretty hyped too. He had that one putback dunk where he like let out like a, a roar, and I was just like, oh yeah, that that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Any display of emotions definitely welcomed on this show. Yeah, I mean, we always talk about Chris Jenkins getting hyped, and you never really see anybody else doing it. But when Eastman does that, it's like, yeah, this this team cares. The Wildcats got double digit performances from Josh Hart: sixteen points, seven eleven on the floor, seven rebounds to go along with that. Chris Jenkins had fifteen points, didn't really shoot the ball too well. No, six of fifteen on the floor, one of seven from deep. He did get four steals though, which is pretty good. He did. He did. And Bridges added five as well. Yeah, Bridges, the pterodactyl, wingspan. Yeah, wingspan, showing it off big time here. And he, he got involved offensively. He put up double-digit points, finished with 11, didn't miss from the field, 3-3 of three shooting, and, and made all of his free throws. So I guess, I guess that's a perfect game for him. Yeah, and he also added eight rebounds, which is pretty nice. Yeah, it is, and especially going up with, like we said before, Patton. He, he, I mean, we were saying the other day how we were uh, kind of scared of him, and he was basically a non-factor. One thing that impressed me a lot was we've seen Villanova not shoot well from deep mm. before. We've seen right. that. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. PTSD from Oklahoma game. Mm-hmm. 
the Virginia game last year. There, there are a few other bad performances you can add in there. NC State. Uh, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Not, not that, not, okay. Right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right, you're right, though. You're right. That, that, was, that, was, that was a very bad performance. Mm-hmm. But you look at Villanova, they shot 4 of 19 from deep. That's, that's below one-fourth. That's below 25%. Yeah, that's horrible. And they, horrible. some of those looks were pretty good. Yeah, they they were they were open, especially Jenkins' shots. Most of those you would expect those him to make. Exactly, but despite this poor performance from deep, you got to see them power it inside, get to the free throw line, knock it down. Mm-hmm. This time they were knocking down their free throws, seventeen and twenty two. You had a few misses here and there. Josh Hart has been a little funky from the line, but everyone else was doing pretty well. Yeah, he was responsible for four of the five misses. I'm wondering if he has the yips a little bit on that. I know it's only been two games, but it, we'll 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 see uh, come tournament time. Yeah, uh, be scared. But anyway, despite this bad performance from deep, they didn't rely on the three ball too much. They changed their ways and they were able to get a W despite not shooting well from beyond the, the arc. That's always a good sign whenever Villanova can do that. Absolutely, because uh, and, and teams of the past have shown that when they don't shoot well from deep, they obviously lose. And, I mean, we were discussing this during the game the other day that, you know, you brought up the stat to me because I just, I just wasn't, I guess I just wasn't paying close enough attention to the actual stat of the three-point shooting like halfway through the second half. And it was horrendous. And I'm like, wow. And we're still winning by whatever it was at the time, like five, six points. And I'm just like, oh, like, this is great. Like, we're showing multiple ways to win. Like, that, that's the signs of a national championship title contender. Exactly. They, they ended up winning by 16. Like, that's a great sign. That's a oh, great look, whatever you can do that. It's absolutely fantastic. And it, it makes you bring up the point, like, and if they did ha- make those shots, like you would be running them out of the freaking building. Yeah, it'd be like a hundred to sixty. Yeah, exactly. All right, maybe not that grossly egregious, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I get your point. You know, one thing that I did like from Creighton, I didn't know he had it in him, but Marks Foster was was a little bit of a dimer on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, he dropped eight dimes. I guess when you're the main offensive guy, the ball's going to be in your hands a lot, so you might as well dish it. Yeah. Finished with a game-high 25, five rebounds to go with it, eight dimes, three turnovers. Not bad at all, especially when you're not really – you've never really been the main point guard. You've always been playing off the ball. Right. Yeah, it's kind of kind of like uh, Trayvon Blewett at Xavier. He's kind of been the end-all, be-all for Xavier ever since uh, Sumner went down with his knee injury. And now Foster's been the end-all, be-all for Creighton ever since uh, Watson's knee injury and subsequent arrest. Yeah, exactly. And you had Davion Mintz come in. He's been their freshman point guard. He's been the true replacement. They experimented with Isaiah Zierden a little bit at point. <laughs> but I guess they were like, you know, we're going with a freshman. We're going with a future here. Yeah, but he Mintz did not have a good day. I didn't even know he was on the court most of the time, to be honest with you. He was very he, Yeah, he was a ghost. He didn't do anything. It's kind of a shame. I actually would have liked to have seen Creighton like have like a nice replacement for Watson. But I guess guess that's the breaks. And then as as I harped on last episode, zeroed in over three from three, and all three were ill ill advised shots. So it played right into our hands perfectly. <laughs> He's so bad. Kyrie Thomas, who's been their lockdown defender, actually put up a pretty good performance, pretty good stat line. He had seventeen points, five assists, seven to fifteen on the floor. That was they they needed him because Patton was non existent. Davion Mintz was non-existent. Isaiah Zierden shooting 0 for 3. Man, they needed somebody else to step up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, he's uh, 
he, he, he balled out. And I, I was, like you said, it kind of shocked. He's more known as a defensive presence. And you, you need secondary scoring somewhere. I mean, Cole Huff can only do so much. And like we said several times already, Patton non-existent, Mintz doing nothing. I mean, you got it from Hanson. He actually was a perfect 5 of 5 from the field for good enough for 10. But it was like, he, you need you need secondary scoring in your starting lineup. I mean, Marcus Foster can only do so much. <laughs> What's unfortunate right now for Creighton is that they have more buzz surrounding the team I mean, you alluded to it earlier. Mo Watson Jr. was arrested. There was an, there's an update to the whole case surrounding him. When we last spoke on Thursday, it was revealed that he was suspended for violating university policy and team rules. The, the school didn't really go too much into it. They're rather obscure about what he did. Mm-hmm. But now there's been an update since we've last been on the air. And the senior point guard, Boston University transfer, Philadelphia native, is actually has a warrant for his arrest. And it's not looking too good. It's a first-degree sexual assault charge. And now he is he's under arrest. He's putting together a legal team. He, of course, denies it. I mean, I, I don't know what, a, what position you'd expect him to take. Right. And now it's becoming a pretty ugly mess over there in Omaha. It escalated very quickly. Yeah, this is uh, this is not good. And we were, I, I we kind of speculated on it last episode as to what it could have been. I mean, it might have been off there that we were doing that, but like we never would have thought that it would be of this magnitude. We thought it was more of like drug related stuff, but now you see this, and it's just you just get sad because now this is the second program this year in the Big East to be dealing with this type of thing. And I, I just hope that whatever happens, the the right the right call is made, and truth. And justice will be served. You have Xavier and Creighton now with dealing with a little bit of these legal off-the-court issues. Creighton now, I mean, Xavier had their fair share. That's pretty much, I think, resolved. But now Creighton has it. And especially going to the tournament, it's not going to be a good time to be in that locker room. I mean, Mo Watson Jr. is suspended from all athletic activities. And he's pretty much, he's not kicked off out of the university at all by any means. Mm-hmm. But you got to imagine... The, the, the university will be mailing him his diploma this year. He will not be walking. Uh, yeah, he's 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 kind of done with that whole thing. I mean, I guess, yeah, yeah, he's done. <laughs> there's there's no turning back on that, right? <laughs> no, no, and it's it's just a really ugly situation over there in Omaha. I mean, you know, I know that they say innocence will prove guilty, and there hasn't really been details and you know further details accounts stories yet that have been released to the public so we don't really want to we don't want to make roast any anyone yeah we don't want to yeah. roast anyone just yet yeah but we'll, we'll keep an eye oh, on this we'll, we'll certainly keep an eye on the situation this. yeah Ugly. man it, it's yeah it's just not looking too pretty over there in omaha mm-hmm. but you know onwards forwards the seniors with the win clinched their fourth straight big east regular season title are you impressed? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, how can you not be? How impressed? <laughs> Every year? Uh, not as much as it would have been like a few years ago, like pre, pre like the old Big East. Like if we, if Villanova won four straight years of the old Big East, I mean, I'd say that's pretty, that's pretty nuts. But I mean, I'm not saying this conference is a slouch by any means. I, I love this conference, the way it's set up and all that. I, mean, I I raved about it a few weeks ago when we talked about bringing UConn in, and I don't want them in because I was I'm scared to death that this conference will fall apart again. But this this is just a cool it's 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 just cool to see. You know, your constant champions 
four years in a row. I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it's apropos at this point. I, I kind of feel like it's being like, like a Patriots fan. Like you kind of expect it at this point. They like go to like an AFC championship. Like it's just the equivalent of that. Yeah, I see. I see where you're going with that, especially since you know, since the whole conference realignment thing, we've kind of been the poster child of the Big East. We've kind of been that model program. Yes, and no one has knocked us off yet. I mean, no. yeah, okay, we haven't won the Big East tournament all the time, mm-hmm. but you know, you're winning the Big East regular season consistently year in and year out. That's basically saying you're you're winning. You're basically beating everybody, mm-hmm. and especially with the way that league plays set up with that home and home round robin series. Yeah, you get a chance to play everyone in an equal amount of times, and you, they usually do beat everyone <laughs> uh, both times, with the exception of Butler this year. They're the lone exception to that. <sighs> so, do you think they're going to get a rank for this? I hope not. <laughs> I mean, we we know what the pinnacle is. There's no need to uh, give out rings now for uh, much lesser accomplishments. I love just how. You know, you look at the evolution of this team over the last four years. And when they won that first Big East regular season title, and then at Hoops Mania, they, they talked about getting them the rings. And we just kind of looked at each other in the stands, along with uh, all of our future SNN cohorts. And we were just looking at each other like, really? Really? They're going <laughs> to give out rings for the regular season title? Mm-hmm. Even though we got upset by Seton Hall in the Big East tournament, or you know, they're like, "Oh, what's next? Are they going to have rings for Battle for Atlantis? Like, what's what's yeah. going to happen now?" <laughs> uh, well, I I really hope they don't. Uh, you you don't know though. Like, if you we don't, you don't know if if we bottle the Big East tournament and proceed to bottle the NCAA tournament, do you think they do it? <laughs> I don't think they should, just because they. I feel like happiness is a form of expectation, and I feel like the expectations are now a lot higher, especially when you reach the pinnacle last year. Yeah, I know, but you just never know. You just never know. <laughs> they, they'll probably get watches or something. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. There, there's Speaking of next year, there's, there's going to be no seniors next year, so it, it might be interesting to see how they roll with that. Yeah, what do you do on senior night? Who do you, who do you honor on senior night? I know. Do you do you have one? I guess it'd be for. I guess they'll have a. Is there any of the walk-ons going to be seniors? I don't know, and maybe they'll have like some of the staff, like. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, they they when they honor the managers and all the that. managers. That's what that that's what I was thinking of. All the all the behind the scenes guys. Yeah. So I guess I guess that's what you'll have. Shout out to Zach Rod. He was supposed to be honored and never was. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> The hardcore videographer of the men's basketball program. <laughs> Poor Zach. <laughs> didn't even get a jersey. Didn't even get anything. Like, come on. Yeah, I know. And then yeah, they took away his, his media food privileges. Yeah, it was probably because they were saving up to get the Big East regular season rings. That's what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, they were, like, looking at their Excel spreadsheet. They're like, man, where, where can we cut off? Where can we cut back a little bit? Videographer honoring senior night. We'll cut back have his on name that. Misspelled. It's like not even like Zach's misspelled the wrong way. He doesn't like it. Yeah, uh, Z A C K, and then <laughs> Ron is with two H's. Yeah. De- definitely something like that. But they, they, they <laughs> overall they do a pretty nice job for senior night, man. It always hits you in the feels. Mm-hmm. It always gets you going. Yeah, you, walking... know, you always get those those video tributes. Nothing like a good old video tribute. Right. Yeah. That, I remember. Yeah, I remember last year. It was pretty emotional. 
I mean, I didn't cry or anything, but it, no. it hit you right where yeah. you wanted to. And then you see them walking down the center of the uh, student section by themselves, and they meet up with their parents, and it's just like, oh. It hits you. That's when it hits you. It's like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a wow moment for sure. Because you realize that four years is up. And it's like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, like, like, it, it flies. You know, for everyone in that pavilion who's a senior, it's like, this is it. This is the last game. This is it. Yeah, and it's the last game of the old pavilion ever, so I'm sure it even held more meeting. Uh, shout out to Larry Flynn. He had a great post after. I mean, I, I thought it was fantastic. He, he had an Instagram post of the pavilion, and the caption was, four years just felt like 4.7 seconds, and that's exactly how it feels. <laughs> Exactly. That, that that's a great caption, by the way. Yeah, good job. Fantastic. Larry. I saw yeah. it. And I was like, wow, this is this is this is a perfect summary on how that feels. Yeah, that's poetic for sure. I mean, we were just talking about it last episode as to how quick uh, time has flown ever since we got to campus, and then now subsequent with graduation, how quick everything has flown. So this is actually the last time, like you briefly mentioned, before renovations, no one's going to be in the pavilion until the 2018-19 season. So I guess that means if you're a current sophomore, you get you get to see you'll you'll be the first group to experience the new pavilion before you yeah. go. Yeah, so they get the national championship freshman year. This year, I don't know what you'll get the last year of the pavilion plus whatever subsequently happens, hopefully good things. Then junior year, you'll have all the tailgates for every game. Oh wow, I center. Wow. Wow, you're so right. Yeah. And then senior year you'll have the new pavilion. So if you were a freshman last year or your current sophomore, congratulations. You you won the uh, basketball lottery. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. I, you know, here I was sitting there like an idiot, like, wow, that's just inconvenient. All the games are going to be at the Wells Fargo Center. Like, who's yeah. going to want to go to the Wells Fargo Center to watch him play, like, Bucknell or, or UMass? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter because you it doesn't have... matter. You're there for the other, the other kind of show. You're for the extracurriculars. It's what a phenomenal time to be alive. Wow, how did I not even look at it like that? Oh, wow, yeah. I'm just at a loss of words. Yeah, so they they won. So Fantastic who, treatment. Who, who's the real winners? Us who left on a national championship, or them who started with a national? Championship? And then they'll get to experience <laughs> the brand new popping pavilion. Oh man, yeah, they got it all. They got it all. And they'll get it for free, too. They'll be like, uh, wow. I mean, yeah. of course, yeah, you can make that argument like, oh, you pay tuition, blah, blah, blah. It's free. It's for free. Let's be honest. Yeah. The basketball thing is a nice little addition that they didn't really have to add. They, they didn't have to make them for free. That's true. We can also be like other schools where you have to enter a lottery system just, just to, to pay. Eligible, yeah. To yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Consider, your, consider yourselves lucky with that regard. And it's from a much lesser program too. So I, I remember when I found out other schools made people pay, and I was I was dumbfounded. Yeah, that's bad. Like you have to buy like season tickets. You're like an equivalent of like a season ticket holder. Yeah, exactly. Except it's at a quote unquote discounted price, which right. they of course say to make you feel like it's worth it. Right. I mean, I feel like at that point, just tacking onto the tuition bill. Bill. <laughs> yeah. Like unless if your team is like perennially top ten. Yeah. I, I don't think I'd pay that. No. But hey, no. whatever makes you happy. I guess so. So at the end of the game, there was a nice video tribute. Like we said, it's all about the video tributes on senior night. And Mark Jackson pulls Jay Wright before he goes in. He's like, hey, you're going to want to watch this. Put on the video tribute. Cue the video. And also cue the torrential downpour outside. <laughs> 
rain just comes pounding onto the pavilion. And then before you know it, you have a giant puddle on center court. And it's at that moment you realize, wow, this place needs some renovations. Yeah, how, how fitting. When I was with my friend and I, I, brought, I actually was able to get into the pavilion for a bit. It, the back doors were open. I guess we were open for basketball. And we were walking around. He goes, you know, this, this, this place is like, it's a dump. And I'm like, yeah, you know something? It is a dump, but it's our dump. And we oh, love yeah. it. <laughs> we love it. Yeah, Jay Wright said, you know, when he tries to sell it to recruits, he tries to make them picture what it's like on game day. He's like, you know, when it's empty, it, it's definitely one of the ugliest buildings in the world. But it's all about the magic on game night. There's nothing like it. And he's right. He's right. He's right. He is right. You have to be in their full student section, all seats packed in media, the fanfare, the cheerleaders. You got it all. That's what makes the pavilion the pavilion. Leaky roofs and the and the mice that inhabit it. Yeah, we, we've talked about it before, how our first impressions were... Trash! Crap. Yeah, man. Never forget being really excited, only to pop open the door, walk right through. And then be like, this is it? This is where they play? This yeah. is what it looks like? Where's the basketball court? Why is there a green floor here? <laughs> yeah, they, they wanted it to be a multi-sport facility. They even had that indoor track. But then I found out the track isn't even regulation size. No. It's like, come on, we need, we need to fix this whole building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's complete garbage. <laughs> and hopefully <laughs> the renovations seek to fix that. However, my biggest gripe will always be the seats and how there's just not enough of them. We need to play in a bigger building. But we won't be because we'll be taking out seats because that makes sense. Yeah, or moving them around, rather. They're going to take half the student section and put on the other side. Uh, I kind of like the giant wall, but what do I know? What do uh, I know? It's not about me. You're not part of these plans, Eugene. We're just fickle people with uh, a podcast. We can't really – we don't have much to say. One thing I do hope for this new pavilion, I hope that the other facilities within the pavilion also get renovated. Like, let's say the swimming and diving pool, you know? Because we (laughs) just have – According to now, this past weekend, we now have another four-peat in the, that the women's swim team has done it again, winning the Big East Championships by a landslide. God, it wasn't even close. Yeah, what was the score? Like We had, like, what, 1,200 points, and then the next closest was, like, Georgetown at, like, 600? Yeah, <laughs> we finished with 1,017, and I believe Georgetown finished with 685. <laughs> That's a blowout of epic proportions, I must say. Yeah, was was not even close at all. And they, you know, they, we saw what the swimming pool looks like. Not a lot of people get to see that part. No. And there's a good reason why not a lot of people see that part. Yeah, they, they, they hide it. It's like the ugly stepsister. They kind of just put it away. <laughs> and it's well hidden. Like, I wouldn't have known how to get there unless no. if I was shown how to get there. Uh, yeah, and also the fact that I also had no idea that we had a swimming pool in there. That's another thing. <laughs> yeah, everyone was like, "Yeah, Chris, can you help me film?" Oh, where are we filming? The swimming pool. Where's uh, that? Where's pavilion? That? <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> then you get led down a labyrinth, open up a few chamber doors, and then you're finally in the swimming pool, and you realize, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like platform nine and three quarters. You just kind of just run through and just hope yeah. for the best. <laughs> yeah, this that that facility is not meant for uh, four time Big East champions. They deserve better. Yeah, four straight titles now for the women's swim team. Darby Goodwin was named the Big East Women's Most Outstanding Swimmer for the second time now, back-to-back years for the sophomore. We we featured her on the show. We did. We did. She had a lot to say, and her background was uh, pretty intriguing. 
how she was like a superstar before she even came to campus. Yeah, exactly. She's kind of like the the quiet the quiet star, the quiet star. Yes, Josh Hart equivalent, I guess you can say. Yeah, Rick Simpson, the head coach, was named the biggest women's coach of the year, and also the men's team also did compete, but they didn't do as hot. They finished in fourth place overall as a team. But if there's one good thing from the men's and the women's team, it's that the number of records that were broken. What, what were some of those records? Well, the the biggest one was that. Darby Goodwin broke the Big East record for the 100-meter backstroke, finishing in a time of 52.96 seconds. She did it in the first leg of the 400-meter medley relay. She said it, and now that is the fastest time in all of the Big East Conference. That's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I would say so. I, she, she's breaking a record pretty much every time we talk about her. It's, it's just... You kind of expect it at this point. Not that it takes anything away from her, but it's just like, holy crap, she's good. <laughs> yeah. And then all in all, that was just one of the 18 different records by Villanova. Oh. <laughs> now, Darby Goodwins was the only one that was of Biggie's caliber. But if you look mm-hmm. across the board, there were 17 other new school records. Oh, man. Wow. We showed up for sure. Yeah. Yeah, over on the men's side, you had Jay Coyne. He set three new school records. Then you had the men's 200-meter medley relay team. They set a new record, as did the 200-meter freestyle relay and the 800-meter freestyle relay. And then over on the women's side, you had Alexa Fabry. She set two records, both in the 200-meter freestyle. Darby Goodwin overall had five new school records. Bridie Dunn had one in the diving category. And then you just had four more in just various relays from the women's side. Man, they, they just crushed it. Yeah, I guess that explains why there was such a significant gap between first and second. I mean, geez. Is it that? Is our swim team like that dominant, the Big East-wise? Like, I feel like in years past, it might have not have been like such a big discrepancy. But then again, I wouldn't be 100% sure. Uh, recently, they've been very good. I mean, since we've been there, they've been good. Even our freshman year, even though they didn't win the Big East championship, they sent <laughs> a couple swimmers over to Nationals. Wow. That's great. Yet again, another program that gets overlooked for its dominance. Yeah. And I get it that their swimming pool is hidden away in Narnia, but <laughs> you got to – come on. Like, this is a four-time Big East champion. They need. They need – I hope that they get – some of the renovation budget over there. I, I hope so too, because that that place was just ugh, it's ugh, very ugh, yucky. Yeah, it just kind of seems like it hasn't been touched in like, like it's like barely maintained. And they 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 don't like it too. They they no. feel like they need some new facilities, and I agree with them. Oh yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, when we were talking to everyone about it, they they seemed uh, very against everything that they were that they stood for over there i don't know it's they they deserve much better for sure yeah especially hopefully i mean i don't know how many big east championships they need to win in a row but hopefully a fourth gets people's attention and especially you know it was just such a dominant showing once again i mean darby goodwin fantastic just a sophomore too it's crazy to think that she still has two more years left and she's already she's already been tearing up the conference yeah, can you imagine what she's going to be doing? Like her senior year, she might be like Olympic worthy at that point. Or, or is, is that a, is that a hot take? I I don't I don't think so. Honestly, I don't think it's that much of a hot take, considering how well she's been doing. I mean, let's 
maybe they don't want us to fan the flames too much, but <laughs> I'd be so down for her to go to the Olympics. What is it? 2020? 2020. 2020? She'll be what, a senior? Uh, no. no. What? Yeah. No. 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 2019, she'll be a senior. 2019, she'll graduate. Yeah, maybe she can compete in the Olympics. She's still yeah. young enough. Yeah, that's true. That's true. She might, uh, she, she'll definitely be in the trials and stuff. Hopefully she gets like a break or two and then she's in. I feel like uh, I feel like we're also putting a little too much pressure. But hey, Darby, you do you. You yeah, do you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for the unnecessary pressure. We're, we're, we're getting a little too excited here. We were getting a little too hyped for this program that, yeah, that we feel like needs more love. I guess so. Oh, boy. So while we have this great news from the basketball team, the women's swim team, there was a lot of, a lot of other teams in action this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Chris – we can't bring back the same level of good news for everybody else. Yeah, it was kind of a uh, bummy weekend across the board outside of men's basketball and the uh, women's swim team. Are you ready to run through this weekend's events? Let's do it. The swimming championships weren't the only Big East championships that were conducted this past weekend. You also had the men's and women's indoor track Big East championships. And unfortunately, this is the year where neither team comes home with a trophy, as the women's team finished in second and the men's team finished in fourth. CO4 Clary Butner was named the most outstanding performer on the women's side. And we've seen her name pop up uh, every now and then, so that's a nice little honor for her. And I, I, my friend actually told me that Marquette won the other day the, the women's track. And he's like, yep, well, Marquette's uh, women's track team won. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess we got to talk about this on the next episode of Stay in the Nova Nation. <laughs> Yeah, she's fantastic. I mean, she is great. She is brilliant. And I guess you are right. Marquette did win the women's side of the indoor track. I'm sure they're pretty happy about that. Do you think they celebrate that as much as they celebrate beating us at the BMO Harris Center? Uh, no. Hard pass. Hard pass on that uh, one. That's a hard pass, yeah. I, I'm going to go with no, though. They do know how to turn up over there. They're, they're, a, good, uh, they're a good party school. So I hear. I've heard. I've heard. The city of Milwaukee, right in the city. Literally right in smack dab in the middle of it. You got everything at your disposal there. It's great. As for the men's team, although they they did go empty-handed, they did win one event, which was pretty nice. They won the 4x800-meter relay. Mm -hmm. Logan Wetzel, Elliot Slade, Lucas Arrivo, and Ishmael Muhammad were on the four-man winning relay team. Uh, In my book, they won the whole thing. Isn't that the event that... uh, matters the most or something i feel yeah, like it is yeah it's one of those bigger events it's like it's you know what i mean you know how yeah. you, you know how it is it's like yeah, swimming yeah. there are certain events you just like everyone's glued to their television sets for mm-hmm. this is this is kind of one of those bigger ones yes women's basketball they wrapped up their season this past weekend and they they did go against two top dogs in depaul and marquette and unfortunately they dropped both chris what did you say about the season overall? And kind of as we go into the Big East tournament, which is coming up pretty soon, it's it starts this weekend, actually. It's from March 4th to March 7th, and it'll be in Marquette. So Marquette gets to party some more for more things. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But yeah, thoughts on the season as a whole. I mean, we can't stress enough. We're bringing it up every episode. But the, the expectations for this team were very low. Due to just being very young, you know, a new, basically a whole giant turnover Lots of new freshmen, and you lost your two key contributors from last year with the Corey Twins. 
So you had a lot of turnover with that. You weren't sure how the freshmen were going to break in. You didn't know if they were ready for it or not. You didn't know if the rest of the team was ready to contribute more because you lost your two leaders. And honestly, probably not going to get into the tournament barring a miracle run at the Big East tournament. But you made significant improvements. You beat you beat teams that you weren't expected to be beating in the Big East. You beat Marquette once, and you beat St. John's twice. Teams that were ranked ahead of you in the East preseason poll, and you held in with Creighton for two games, just didn't get lucky. And then other, and you beat every other team in the Big East with the exception of the poll. So yes, this team is young but they have a lot to look forward to in these coming years. You're not losing anyone big next year, so hopefully they can improve upon that and actually make the tournament next year. So that would be pretty cool. They still got a lot to look forward to. I mean, you still got the Big East tournament coming up, and you'll be in the 4-5 game. So we'll see what happens with that. And, you know, maybe they do get lucky and make it to the finals or something. But as a whole, I'd say the season was a success just because of the significant improvements that they've made over the season. They continually got better. and. It started off really slow, and now you kind of feel like, yes, they lost the last two games of the regular season, but in between that, there's just so much improvement, and you can't stress it enough. Yeah, I do feel like we talk about it all the time, but it's just so you know, it's just so big to talk about this turnaround, and I feel like they they came together a lot sooner than probably most had them being able to find their groove. Mm-hmm. It was an ugly start for sure, but then they turned around. Right now, they're eleven and seven in conference play. They became one of the top half, you know, top five teams in the Big East, which is huge. I mean, they got on that big run, helped them put themselves over five hundred. They're currently sixteen and thirteen, which, as we know, just from our men's experiences and also in the past, that's kind of not looking like enough to get to the women's NCAA tournament. I mean, obviously. They, the selection committee always gives that preference for that 20 team, that 21 team mark. So right now it's a little tough on that front, but it looks like that they could be going back to the NIT, which is where they were last year. And like you said, they don't really lose any major pieces going in. I mean, they retain a core of their team right now. A lot of their players on the roster are freshmen or sophomores. So yeah, you, you get to hold on to a lot. You get to build on to it for next year. And then who knows? for where how good this team will be next year and even the year after. Yeah, it, this year was not – you weren't expecting it to do much, but it's what can possibly happen in the next few years that you look forward to. And anything that you do this year is pretty much icing on the cake. Like I said at back way back in October at Big East Media Day, Harry Pareto had a lot of questions, and I think he's coming away with more answers than he yes. you know, anticipated. I agree. And as long as you know the answers now, it's definitely going to help down the road because you don't want to still be asking questions two, three years into this uh, this rebuild, I guess, of sorts. He is one of the best around. We'll keep an eye on how they go, especially with the Big East tournament coming up this weekend. We'll certainly be looking at that. We turn it over now to the Diamond. The baseball team had a pretty busy weekend down in Oklahoma at the Sooner Baseball Classic. And unfortunately, they come away winless, dropping all four of their games. Two against Oklahoma, one against Boston College, and then one against Northern Illinois, which is really the closest one, the only competitive one, really, of the bunch that they played as they all the losses that they suffered were lopsided. They don't play until next week, or this weekend, rather, when they go over to the Snowbird Baseball Classic. Do you think it's just time to just kind of regroup? Uh, yeah, this, this has not been a uh, good start. I didn't think they were, the, like, 
I didn't think they were world beaters, but I didn't think they were this bad either. I feel like you should be sneaking out a few more games here and there. Yeah, it's currently tough sitting 0-7. It's, you know, obviously you don't want to start that way, but a lot of these losses have, haven't have been kind in any no. way. No, they've been utter beatdowns for sure. And did you say snow Snowball Classic? Snowbird? Snow, snowbird. Snowbird. Oh, that's hilarious. I think I it's know. a fact that this is a spring sport and you're naming your – what is it? Showcase or invitational with Snowbird? It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are they having this in Canada or something? That's the only explanation. These are good. These are all good questions. We should contact the people who run this event. Yeah, we should ask them why. Fix it. You look at events across me. Penn State. They killed Villanova. Mac O'Keefe had a big game. He scored eight goals. Ooh, big boy. That's... Yeah, you know, I don't think I've ever seen anyone score that many goals in a lacrosse game before. I've seen a few, <laughs> four or five, but I don't think I've seen eight in my life. Uh, yeah, usually, yeah, usually you're right. Yeah. It's usually around four or five for like the top scorer, but yeah, you're yeah, that's considered that even that's considered a good game. Yeah. This, guy, <laughs> this guy was eight and only on 11 shot attempts too. Oh, so he's shooting at a high percentage. That's great. So he had two hat tricks yes. and was one off from a third. I mean, I hope you had him on your uh, college lacrosse fantasy team. Yeah. Yeah. And then they also got another hat trick from Grant Amit who had three goals. Mm-hmm. And then over on the Villanova side, you had four goals from Jack Curran, and you had eight different guys chip in one goal each. So we're, we're a more balanced team, I guess, is the silver linings from this. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, that's great. Villanova and, also took more shots, holding the advantage 52 to 42. And they only scored 12 times? Only scored 12 times. You got a good goalie then. They did have a good goalie. <laughs> Their goalie had 18 saves. Oh wait! Do they not count? Sh- do they just count shots like as shots? Like it doesn't even have to hit the net. Those aren't like on goal. These are all good questions. Man, we got to read up on lacrosse more. I don't think. I honestly think that. Yeah, I think you're right because I think their shots are just shots. Oh wow! I, I watched the uh, what was it? The UNC Maryland. Final. Oh yes, there were a lot of memes about that one. Yes, mainly because it was right <laughs> at the tail end <laughs> of the Villanova UNC national championship, and I wanted to see UNC lose in uh, overtime again, but they didn't. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening and subscribing to the State of the Nova Nation podcast. We'll have a lot more content as we come up rolling in into the men's Big East tournament time, and also we got that Georgetown game next Saturday. And we're going to hold off previewing until Thursday's episode for that. Mm -hmm. I got one little pesky game before the real games start. And I promise we will have a full week of episodes this time around. Good. Good. No more sickness. Hopefully. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Knock knock on wood. wood. We still got a few days. We still got a few days. Something can happen. Knock on wood for sure. Don't forget to check us out at viewbenchmob.com for all your news and updates on all things Villanova sports. Also, follow us on the Twitter sphere at ViewBenchMob, or you can follow me, Eugene Repay, at eRepay5. And you can follow me, Chris Stanzial, at the Stansman on Twitter. Nova Nation, happy Tuesday. When we see each other next, it'll be March. And then before you know it, it'll be March Madness. <laughs>